Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajara Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Like, obviously, Mike, you have way, way more communication responsibility, like getting guys lined up. Kind of double backing on what you just said and Coach Marone said. But um, the alignments and pretty much playing on inside, I think you get a little bit more like buzz drops, which puts you on the outside in certain situations. But for the most part, you're kind of still in the mixture and everything. So you're kind of doing more uh, scheme-wise, but it's, it's really kind of similar. So it, it's like, it, it's kind of the same, if I'm making sense. That is Miles Jack, Jaguars linebacker. My goodness, Miles, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. This is fifth year. How about that? Wow. Hey, Coach. Flies, man. You turned me on to something the other day. And so last night I watched most Tiger all King? of it. Nope, Tiger King. Still, still stuck on two and a half episodes of Tiger King. Air five, Brent. That was it. Still, still rolling strong with me, man. I appreciate that. Haven't seen an episode yet. But so cool. Kuz told me that he got freaked out a little bit by watching the Social Dilemma on Netflix. So I watched it, of course, because the kids are like at the prime age of all this stuff. Remember, we were a little late in the giving the kids the phone. Yeah. So they've only had, I think, maybe not even a year. It's good parenting. Not bad. Now I support I'm you. questioning my parenting because I should have held out even more yeah, after watching they, The Social Dilemma. They're in high school, though. You know, you got to gotta cave eventually. Right, yeah. But anyway. Uh, What's up? What's I watched, about? It's like 90 minutes. I, I still have about 20 minutes to go. So I haven't seen the whole thing. Fantastic. I mean, it is one of the most fascinating things I've ever watched. Now, I don't watch as much as you guys watch in terms of shows and all the other things. So I'm, maybe you guys wouldn't consider it. I, I don't have a broad, a big sample of, yeah. of things to watch. I just think it's unbelievably put together. I think it's crafted very well, but also how like up to the minute it is. In ter- they even like yeah. I didn't think they'd have that much of, about the pandemic in there. Yeah, they got know? everything. It, it the thing that freaked me out the most was like how nervous everyone they had on like right in the yes. beginning. Yes, very good introduction. They were all like kind of not sure. They if were they basically be like yeah, because they felt like whistleblowers. On yeah, them, right. They did, but but so they. And the I'll tell you what else. Right yeah. here is. Like, I understand there are smart people out there. We kind of kid you, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, like yeah. Harvard guy. Like, mm-hmm. uh, listen, Weber's like a 1400 SAT guy. Yeah. These guys make Weber look stupid. This, really? I mean, these guys, <laughs> these guys are smart. How? I mean, you can just say how well they do. Like, the one guy, the main guy that mm-hmm. talks a bunch with the beard, he is brilliant and very good at communicating it. Like, stuff that's way over our head. So but they, his illustration of it is so good. But these guys are all Stanford guys and Ivy League guys and all this stuff, and you sh- and, and gals too. Mm-hmm. And they are just—you can just tell—they are brilliant people. And how smart these folks are that built this whole thing, <laughs> this, okay. and and everything else uh, in terms of social media and the phones and and just this whole landscape of what we live there, in now that has changed our world in like the last fifteen there, years completely. There's a guy on there that literally can claim he invented the like button. Yes, he did. Like. What a flex. That is yeah, a pretty good flex. A giant flex. Yeah. But, and now he feels bad about it. Does he? He feels bad about it? Well, I mean, yeah. not well, totally. Now the, the way His bank account used, probably yeah. does it. <laughs> for sure. Well, you know what's fascinating Wait, about so these he, guys? He got paid for making a like button? Yeah. Pretty but, much. I mean, yeah. it, it's like the guy at Nike that gets paid to make, like, the curvature of the sole of the shoe. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, that's his claim to fame. Yeah. And you're like, 
Yeah, that's a what? Well, what? that's a big deal there. Was he that same weirdo that made the poke button? Weirdo. <laughs> I forgot about that. I don't think so. Poke button's kind of weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I actually, so for theater class back in college, I had to do like a last, like I had to write a whole scene out in a script, and it was um, why Facebook isn't like real life, and one of the things I, I featured in this play was the fact that like, you you can't poke somebody in real life and get away with it, but on Facebook you can. Ah, so it was kind of like a black mirror. Towards well, there's a lot that you can't bad. do on real life that yeah. you can do on social you media is what I learned it. from that show. That, it is a fascinating thing. Seriously, if you get a chance to watch it, it's pretty good, and I haven't finished it. Um, and I'll have questions about it when it's over because I don't know if they answer some of my questions, but it, it is just like, whoa, you know, and it makes you like you got a notification today and it's you start thinking they it's going to put look, Brent's whole career in parallel because like he revolves around his phone. His career <laughs> does. Now all of a sudden he's like seeing behind the curtain. He's like, I don't want to have social media anymore. I don't have my like phone a anymore. There's like a whole part about like the phantom buzz feel that you yes. have from your phone and how they have you yeah, like they, tied. They brainwashed us. Yeah, I mean we are brain. Don't say us because I'm I'm sitting peachy. Now nah, you're fine. still brainwashed. I'm brainwashed. You just don't understand. I See, don't have the phantom buzz and, feel. And, and because, no, but you'll have. But you'll, we're all like I don't all freak in out denial. My phone breaks. I don't have it for a couple of days. I don't do that. We're all in denial about it. Okay. That we've been brainwashed. Manipulated. I guess I'm I'm, I'm in denial. Um, it's unbelievable. Like you yeah. gotta see it. You really, it, and it all makes sense. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta see it to see, believe. I don't, it. I don't think you want me to see it because, like, I don't really do a lot of social media as it is. You want me to see this thing and be like, no. Yeah, I'm you are done. trying to get him to do more social I'm done. media. Yeah, Maybe you're trying don't... to get to post more. Do you want me to watch this documentary? Yeah, you should watch it. All right. Listen, I, I didn't like shut off my phone. I'm not that guy. Like, I think a lot of people will watch it and be like, okay, turn it off my phone. I'm throwing it away. Yeah, yeah. Everybody throw their phone yeah. away. We're like, good at cards. We're going to the woods, babe. Let's go. We're in too deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I oh, mean, so we're, we're, we're packing in. There's, there's oh, no, no we're, going we're in too deep. Okay. But, like, what their goal now is to change the next generation who's really in deep. So change Because that's back? all they know. Like, at least we know before the phones. We These, do. but like my kids don't. I know. And yeah. so, in essence, it's like, oh, you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, until, like, until you get untrained uh, or they true. find out a way to make it safer. It's, it's really wild. Like, mm -hmm. And by the way, I don't even know if there are, is this like reaching to like, the people have different theories about this. Is this a, well, is see, this almost like a conspiracy theory I'm talking theory. about? I don't even know no, no, about it. it. I don't know. Like, I sounds like anything. libraries came up with this documentary to try to scare people out of like going on their cell phones. Go back to the library and start reading again. No, but the wild part is the whole thing, and then I'll, I'll stop, but you really should see it, is um, all these guys and gals, they mm -hmm. are like invent – they either work at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. I didn't even know the WhatsApp app. Is so was so What's popular. What's huge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also didn't realize the connection between Silicon Valley and Uber. But I guess mm -hmm. there, that's the is a huge connection there. I didn't realize it until watching this. But anyway, <laughs> they all either invented something, worked like as a director, pro, you know, produced something, yeah. monetized something at all those places. Then they went and started like they worked at another thing, mm -hmm. and then they they have now all started their own thing. Okay. You know, so they're they're like on their third tech job, and they're miserable. Uh, no, I think they're trying to create a better environment with oh. it. You know, I think that's what they're doing. But they they felt like guilty oh, making all the money or helping them make all money at Facebook what and YouTube what and Twitter and all the rest. What did we create? I have a billion dollar mansion, but what, what did we create? Oh no! Give me a break. It was a conscience speaking a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's not a give me a break. You you don't you won't feel that way watching it. Yeah, they're, uh, they're trying to do good with with I, what they're I messaging. You. I hear you. Um, is is my take on it? No, I got you, man. The bottom line, whatever. The, it's not about them. It's really about us. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, we have problems. Deep.
Yeah. No problems. Ugh. And the other thing that way I thought of is, okay, how can we do this? Uh, I want to hire one of those people so we can manipulate more people to watch the show. Now we're talking. <laughs> now we're <laughs> I mean, talking. If I'm really being honest, yeah. that's what I got out All of All this power. Let's it's use like, it for good. How Let's can use it for we, our good. Yes. Yeah. How can we do this? Let's brainwash people. Are, are we tweeting the right things? Let's brainwash people. <laughs> Hashtags. Yeah. yeah. Let's get it. The other fascinating part about it. Okay. I lied. This is the last one. Is the whole, it felt like you were at Disney on a ride. When they're, you know, they have like the person behind the phone illustrations. Like it, it was like a concept they almost like took from like a Disney ride. Huh. Yeah, you got to see it. You got yeah. to, you, you got to see it to, and watch it if you haven't yet, yeah. but it's uh, pretty wild. All right. Hey, uh, let's dumb things down a little bit. Yeah. And, Football and sports. Sports. Yeah. Sports <laughs> stuff. Uh, we talked weddings and uh, social media here today, but uh, the wall that says it all. Yeah. This play was, in my opinion, a terrible play by the Jacksonville Jaguars. By a Brent Martineau request once again. He wanted this one, I and I chalked it up for him. Yeah, last week I asked for the Gardner Minshew. I thought most underrated play of the game. That was yep. a sidearm throw. This one is just one play we're taking a look at. Yep. And it's the play that Humphreys catches the touchdown on, yeah. where I thought they had played really good defense. Mm-hmm. And on the front half of this play, they did play good defense. On the back end of the play, in my opinion, they did not. Correct. Yeah. So a lot of things to break down here, right? Because unfortunately this play ended up for a touchdown for the Tennessee Titans. And I remember watching this play live and you see Andrew Wingard with his back turned, right? Um, a bad look trying to chase down Humphreys and it's like, well, Wingard got burnt, you know, and, and you saw DJ Hayden, um, on Humphreys. It's like, what happened to DJ Hayden? He, he got burnt, right? So those were our, our very first two, um, things that we went to. There's a lot more to break down in this video that, you know, maybe the basic fan does not understand. Yes, it falls on Wingard a little bit. Yes, it falls on uh, Hayden a little bit. But this play right here actually stems all from Mr. Josh Jones. Mm. Now, keep in mind, Josh Jones is the guy that replaced Ronnie Harrison. Josh Jones gets beat before the ball is even snapped. And I can't wait to tell you why here. The, the, the Jaguars lose this play right here. Before the ball's even snapped. Really? Okay. Because I want to give my illustration of this play, and this is the touchdown to Humphreys. And Correct. Josh Allen hits Tannehill uh, as he's throwing the ball, and he throws up a prayer. You remember the play from Sunday. Yeah. And I thought DJ Hayden got spun around, and it's like another example of, oh, man, Hayden. Sure. Not playing that great of football. Mm-hmm. So take us through the play. Can I see the We're play? Up. Are we up? I, can't, I don't see it on the screen. I, I have to see what I'm looking at. Well, do you have the screen up? Yeah. Is it up, Goose? Okay, well, let yeah, me I want to refresh your screen. Let me get to that screen real quick, man. Sorry. Social we're, media we're king. on the fly. Yeah, social media king. You better believe it. Uh, now, of course, the internet's going slow. One second, please, everybody. Brent, you want to set up the play real quick where we're at? So here's the play. As I just said, we know the play you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but the down early stages of this play, it is third down and nine mm-hmm. from the Jaguars' 18-yard line. And obviously... Brian Tannehill has uh, the football, and he's in the shotgun, waiting the snap. And here, do you want to just look at yeah, my phone at because your, phone, your because computer doesn't work? And you do have a know, phone man. that does work. But Yeah, it's all good, man. So check this out. All right, so we got a three-by-one formation, right? And pre-snap, we got three receivers on the right side, one receiver on the left side. Thank you very much, Kuz. Just got it done. And this is the first time I'm seeing this slide. Shout out to Marcel Robinson for getting this up, and it looks pretty good. All right, so pre-snap, Brent, third and nine. Big play right here. And, and I'm back. And I'm back. You are back. You and just hit back. a new gear. Oh, I know. You got to, man. I mean, you got to. So we got a three-by-one formation. 
and like I said, Brent, the reason why I love to break down this play because there's a chess game going on right now, right? There's a chess game going on to the to the educated minds of the game of football. The first thing that happens during this play, the pre-snap, tight end goes in motion. Miles Jack follows the tight end. That tells Ryan Tannehill right now, you know what? They're in man coverage. You know, sometimes the Jaguars go in zone. Right now, they're in man coverage. That's tip number one. Okay, so now let's fast forward a little bit. They're playing at home. No crowd. You can do any kind of hard count you want. Ryan Tannehill does a hard count. Now, when they're in man right now, Brent, like I just said, you see two safeties in the back. Now, and then this shot right here, you see Josh Jones, and then Wingard's obviously behind him. Yeah, you don't see Wingard, but he's yeah. like in the end zone, essentially. When this play started out, they were both on the same plane, right? So one would think, okay, man coverage, it's got to be cover two under, right? And basically cover two under means you have two safeties playing half of the field, mm-hmm. you know, one side of the half, other side of the half, right? That's what Ryan Tannehill thinks right now. That's what anybody would think because the Jaguars run a lot of cover two, okay? Simple as that. Ryan Tannehill does a, a hard count here. And when he does the hard count, Josh Jones makes a giant mistake. He tips off what he's doing. Okay. Mm. Keep in mind where we're at right now. It's third and nine. You can't give up a first down. They're on the 18 yard line. Okay. So this turned in from a cover two under to Josh Jones creeping up and cheating a little bit, tipping it off and it ended up being a cover one with a robber. Now, what does that mean? Cover one means that you have one safety in the back and the robber means that you're coming up to try to prevent that first down. The robbers put in place to defend plays like, you know, a slant route mm-hmm. to defend Ben plays like a like a hitch route, anything that's short yardage, obviously, to try to prevent this first down. Which would be a safe play in the red zone. Exactly. This is why we see Josh Jones in the frame right now, but we don't see Andrew Wingard because Josh Jones has now tipped the play. Ryan Tannehill sees the tip, and all of a sudden he checks out of something, and he calls something else, and he calls it to Humphreys. He now knows that there's a cover one with a robber, and he now knows that he only has one safety in the back. He tips it off to Humphreys, and Humphreys adjusts from there. Now let's go to the second slide, please, Coos. It might take a few minutes to get to the second slide. There's a delay. Just because there's a delay. Oh, there's a delay. That's right, yeah. That's kind of like... It is really... Okay, it's, it's what do you want to do? Okay, we, we, have to, we have to... It's just part of it. Uh, can we go to the, 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 one where he sat, the one without me? The other one. That was just slipped to number three. Ooh, a little sneak peek. A little right sneak there. peek of me coming up, yeah. Okay, you're good now. I hope so. It will be fun. <laughs> I mean, I hope we're this good. This is like live TV, man. Yeah, it mm-hmm. feels like it. All right, so number two, check this out. All right, so Tannehill, once again, great pass by Tannehill. Stands in the pocket. Who do we got beaten down? We got Josh Allen yeah. beaten down, right? Literally a split second away. This is the question you asked him yesterday, right? Exactly. When he gets so close to getting a play. So close and gives up the touchdown, right? There's nothing more frustrating, and Josh Allen mentioned it yesterday, there's nothing more frustrating having a great pass rush move, and unfortunately, you're a split second. And it's not a Josh Allen's fault. I mean, it was a good read by Tannehill, because keep in mind, Tannehill knows what's going on right now. He knows right now the Jaguars are going to cover one with the robber, and he knows that he's going to Humphreys. If you watch this play and go back, he stares down Humphreys the entire time. There's no check downs. There's no look downs. I'm going to Humphreys, and I'm going to expose this defense. That's exactly what Ryan Tannehill had to do. Keep in mind, though, in order to do that, he had to wait till Humphreys got out of his break. That's why he takes the hit right here. And give credit to Ryan Tannehill. I know we've been kind of critical about him you know, last season, getting all this money. He makes a very quarterback-savvy play. He stands in the pocket because he knows the throw is going to be there, but he has to buy as much time as possible. 
possible. He waits till the last split second, gets the ball out. Josh Allen just misses a second. Also, keep in mind, we got Chase on right now rushing half a man. Chase on's coming to the party, too. So we got two edge rushers right now, Josh Allen and uh, Chase on. It's going to be a sack party, baby. Unfortunately, Brian Tannehill, a little smarter this And play. in live action, if you remember this play, and if you watch it on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, you can see the illustration of it. But if you're in your car, you understand the play we're talking about. I mean, this is that one to touchdown to Adam Humphreys made it 30-17 to 17 game at the time. It was a one-touchdown game. That field goal ends up, I mean, the touchdown versus a field goal makes a big difference. Yep. But it looks like a prayer. Mm-hmm. It looks like Tannehill's just throwing up a prayer. Well, what you're saying is he really wasn't. He was just waiting until the last second, exactly. waiting for the break to happen because, because he, he knows what's up. He yeah. already knows what's up. Uh, before you get to the last part of this, is that a read by a veteran QB? So you give the nod to the QB, or is that a pretty basic read? Like even Gardner Minshew in year two, you should expect him to see something Listen, like this. this is a pretty basic read because when you run a cover one with a robber, I mean, once you see that safety peel up a little bit, you know what it's going to be. Now, Josh Jones tries to cover his behind a little bit and tries to move back and he tries does. Disguise it. Unfortunately, Ryan Tannehill already knows what's up. So you have two options there if you're Josh Jones. You can either check out him and go, hey, we got to go cover two, cover two. You don't really have time to do that here. Too late. So you kind of got to roll with it, right? So he tried to put on a best disguise as possible. He moved back a little bit. But as soon as the ball was snapped, it was obvious of where Josh Jones was going to go. And Ryan Tannehill knew that. All right. uh, Slide three here, if you're watching on the video feeds, takes us to the, well, eventual conclusion of the play, which is a touchdown to Adam Humphreys. And you can see Josh Jones all all out of whack. You can right. see DJ Hayden got turned around on this play. That's why I initially thought it was him. Yeah. But he's really, well, maybe passing him off to where Josh Jones is supposed to be. So if a few things right now. Number one, Josh Jones, what I just say, it's cover one with a robber. That basically means he's taking the first down away. If you look at this slide right here, he's covering the first down, right? Like if there's going to be a slant route right there, Josh Jones had that all day. Here's the problem, though, and it's the basic fundamentals of how zone coverage works or how any kind of coverage works. I don't care if you're defensive end. I don't care if you're a safety or a cornerback. If there's nothing in front of you, you have to get back and get depth, okay? If you watch this play breakdown, as you can see on the screen right now, is there anything in front of Josh Jones to worry about? No. Nothing a lot of green grass. Right? So if there's all green grass right now, and I get it, your job is to stop the first down. But there's nothing in front of you. So go ahead and get a little more depth, right? Go ahead and move back a little bit because guess what? If there's nothing in front of you, as any coach would tell you, there's something going on behind you. So here Josh Jones should have got a little more depth because he sees nothing in front of him. If he, if he gets a little more depth, now you make a very tight window for Ryan Tannehill to try to get that corner route to Adam Humphrey. So that's Josh Jones' mistake right there. Hayden's mistake, right? Hayden, obviously, he had him man, but he knew that he had a safety backside, yeah. right? Now, once again, if Josh Jones would have dropped a little more, you pass it off to, you know, to, to uh, Josh Jones, and Hayden is okay. Yep. The problem was, though, is that Josh Jones wasn't there. He was too shallow. And the problem with Hayden was is that he thought he was there, right? So now there's a miscommunication. Hayden thinks that he has inside help. He, he made the right play by pushing Humphreys, obviously, inside because that's where the help is. The problem is, is though, that help is too shallow right now. And then on the back side of things, Andrew Wingard, right? So when we go cover one with a robber, Brent, you have one center fielder. That's a lot of space to cover in the back side, right? You're asking a lot of Wingard right now. Let's keep in mind, a very young player, right, doesn't have a lot of starting experience. You're asking a lot of him right now. And it made him look bad on this play because you see him chasing like, man, I got to get there. Well, let's be honest. You're essentially asking a guy to cover the entire end zone right now, okay? And you have Adam Humphreys, who's a very good route runner, running a corner route. So Wingard sees this. 
he's, he recognizes it, and he tries his best to make up for the mistakes that his other teammates made. Unfortunately, he's just a shade too slow. The ball gets there, and it's touchdown for the Tennessee Titans. So who does this fall on? It falls on Josh Jones for tipping it off number one and not getting deep enough number two. It falls on Hayden because he kind of let the receiver go inside, didn't stick with him. And it falls on Winger just a little bit because the recognition was a tad too late. And obviously, it was a touchdown after that. It just goes to show you the chess game being played right now. Yeah, absolutely. And and how three guys can kind of have a little bit of a role in one receiver catching a touchdown. Although... Based on what you were telling me, I feel like this is really a Josh Jones mistake. Like yeah. He is the guy to blame because it's hard to pin a blame on Hayden if he's forcing a guy inside because he expects a guy to be there. Correct. I mean, that's part of the game. That's what yeah. you do. Those are part of your rules and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's hard to blame Wingard. I mean, listen, he is who he is. I mm-hmm. mean, he's not, you know, he's not, uh, what's his name? We just got let go by both. Earl Thomas. Correct. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. Earl Thomas maybe catches up to this play yeah. or maybe uses his savvy because he's been around the block a while, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe makes a play. But it looks like it's asking a lot of, of Wingard. Uh, and this is the one that looks bad to the free safety. Like, Wingard was the guy everybody blamed. Correct. The narrative coming out of that game, and I'm not saying he made a lot of great plays and maybe he had other plays, but this is the play that looked so bad on TV and had people say, man, you got to get somebody else in free safety. You know, Wingard yeah. looks really bad. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it's, at this play, maybe it wasn't really him. My question on the Josh Jones thought is this isn't a young guy. This is a guy who's been around a little bit, was in Green Bay, he's played a little football. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of young guys. They're going to make young guy mistakes. They can't afford to make these kind of mistakes, Mm -hmm. right? And again, hat tip to Tannehill, gets the job done, he sees it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do this and you get away with it because the guy doesn't see it. But they really need their guys that have played football before and to, to make the right plays and not tip things off like this or make the right mental play. Uh, and it looks like Josh Jones didn't hear. See, this is a difference between fantastic defenses and mediocre or porous defenses. It's the details, right? If Josh Jones doesn't tip what he's trying to do and the ball is snapped, I think that Adam Humphreys runs maybe like a nine or like an eight yard, just, you know, an out or I'm sorry, an in route. And Jones is there to make the tackle. And if you make the tackle, probably going to be fourth down, right? But off one little tip, off of one little thing, when you step forward a little bit and Ryan Tannehill sees that, it changes the entire game around. Simple as that. This is when they say, you know, it's easy to clean things up because, Mm -hmm. well, this is an easy cleanup. Just don't tip it off. Don't tip it off. Exactly. (laughs) And then if you do tip it off, that's fine. But then get depth. Once again, like, I don't want to just single out Josh Jones here because if Hayden would have stuck with him a little more, he helps out. If Wingard would recognize it a little more, then he helps out. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it starts with Josh Jones. But you had three guys who could have stepped up and tried to make the play. Well, and this is one of those things, too, where you could say normally – well, what if they got a little pressure? Well, this play they did. They did get pressure. They got pressure. Like yeah. Josh Allen almost got home on this play. Yeah. So he should have impacted. The, he had to make the clock of Tannehill go a little quicker. Sure. So if the back end could have done its job just a little bit more, well, then they probably make a play on this. They kick a field goal instead, and then who knows how this game shakes out. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Brent, because this is going to be my, my last point of the show here. So we talk about the Jaguars not getting a pass rush, right? The, 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 the lack of quarterback sacks right now. If Josh Jones takes three more steps backwards and finds that hole right there to cover up Humphreys a little bit, Ryan Tano cannot throw that ball. He has to hold that ball, and guess what happens then? Josh Allen sack or chase on sack, and we're celebrating the backfield. Yeah. Like, that's the difference literally between, um, you know, maybe like a fumble from a quarterback or just even a sack 
That's difference between a sack or a touchdown right there is a couple yards. My frustration with this play, uh, one is it just looked like a play. It's like, it looked like a Hail Mary almost, but you're yeah. giving it a little more credit, uh, which is cool. Good to see here on the wall that says it all. Uh, but my frustration with this play in particular was that the Jaguars, I think, had their best sequence on defense in this three play span. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I think it was Gotsis who got Derrick Henry behind the line of scrimmage on first down for a three-yard loss. And then it was Dewan Smoot, who if you really go back and watch Dewan Smoot on second down, it was a sensational play in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Never gave up on the play. Ends up being a four-yard screen pass, but he almost had a sack, almost might even had a strip fumble. Ends up with the tackle mm-hmm. uh, because he sees everything and doesn't really just go chase one guy. And then lastly, they get pressure. One of the few times we saw pressure on Tannehill and they still are not able to convert defensively on third down. So that's where the frustration, uh, it was like, man, they can't make three plays in a row, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of, that's what I left. I was like, well, they just can't make three in a row right now. Yeah. Uh, and sooner or later, you're going to have to. Now, later in the game, they forced some punts and they made some more plays, but that's a pretty big sequence because it gives up seven points instead of three. Huge sequence. And especially man. the way Guskowski really was kicking overall in the first couple of weeks. You don't even know if it's going to be three yeah. points. Exactly, man. And at the end of the day, listen, I don't care if you're in Pop Warner, I don't care if you're in college or in the NFL. If you're running a robber and you're a safety, the whole, the whole, the whole point of robbing somebody, don't let them see you coming. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that makes That's sense. Why, that's why they call it cover one robber. <laughs> we see, we're all learning something today. Yeah, that, yeah. that actually makes a lot of sense. Don't let them see it coming. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, hey, I uh, want to remind you, if you uh, haven't voted yet, you can still vote for our ESPN 690 Athlete of the Week. Got a bunch of votes in on our uh, Athletes of the Week nominees. That voting will close, by the way, on Friday around 3 o'clock. We'll announce the winner, and it's a very close vote. Walter Simmons. Oakleaf football, Bryce Tompkins, Baldwin football in a battle. Reinhardt Harrison from Nice, cross country runner, who is a star runner, uh, up for the nomination this week for our ESPN 690 Athlete of the Week presented by Honda of the Avenues. We'll reveal the winner on Friday night's Blitz scoreboard show. Uh, that's at nine o'clock on ESPN 690 and all the video platforms as well. Jaguars and Dolphins tomorrow night right here in Jacksonville. That game will be on Fox 30. Don't forget, Fox 30 pregame show, 630. A 90-minute pregame show. And then we'll have kickoff uh, there on Fox 30 between the Dolphins and the Jaguars. A little more coming up tonight. One more segment to go here on the show. We'll take you right up until 6 o'clock and then it's live local loud right here on ESPN 690. We'll be back. Brett Martineau. They probably already have one. Cornholing. Austin Lane. <laughs> you can have a call from PR in a little bit here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I truly, like, firmly believe this. Like, last year, I, I wasn't healthy. And um, I, like, forced myself to play through injury just because of, um, you know, I just felt like I, I, I didn't want to get paid and then just, like, say I got an injury, which I did have an injury at the time, but um, this offseason I went, uh, went to Australia, like, found a trainer out there, i just been working my ass off, like, the whole offseason, um, just kind of really just refocused myself, got back to the basics, like, really treated myself like a high schooler, it was just hitting the weights, um, trying to get myself stronger, get my body right, get my knee back right, and, um, yeah, I just really feel like that's attributed to just my training and just getting back healthy and really hitting the weights this year, because I-, I felt like when I kind of got in the league, I didn't really lift as much as I should have so I kind of really went back to the bases got my body right and I, I feel like that's why I'm moving so quick and I'm able to hit linemen the way I can or make tackles or, or just fly around and just move fast 
That is Miles Jack. Interesting, he went to Australia to get a trainer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Those Aussies do it differently, I guess, huh? <laughs> Pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, I like. I'm telling you, it, it was. It's good to hear from Miles Jack. You know, I mean, it's good to hear what he's saying and kind of a refocused and so uh, kind of a reflective Miles Jack, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and the guys play through injuries all the time. You got to give him credit for that. I, I get that thinking, right? He would have taken a lot of heat probably last year, not making it through a season, not playing, just got paid, just would add to the narrative. Now, didn't play great anyway, so there was already a bit of a narrative, yeah. but it would have been a different one. And, and in, in retrospect, you appreciate the fact that he tried to push through and play through, and uh, especially at that position where they needed him to. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have a lot of depth there, I don't think, last year. So I, I got uh, feeling good about Miles Jack today. He should be, man. He's talking to me. I'm media buying again. what he's selling. He's back, man. You know, he's playing good football right now. How couldn't you buy into Miles Jack? Yeah, well, I've always been kind of a, a buyer mm. on Miles Jack. I feel like uh, he's going to be a good player, and he's off to a very good start. Kuz, are we good back there right now? Is Kuz going through some things? Yeah. yeah I, th- I thought you said, I thought you shouted something. Nope. You sure you didn't shout anything? I didn't shout anything. Okay. Uh, now it's more, are you okay? Because you're hearing things. I don't think I did, but all right. No, we're good. Uh, do you think it picked up on the mic? That's what I was worried about, yes. But oh. I think we're fine. Yeah. Was it a good one? It was a, it was a juicy <laughs> one. <laughs> was it? It was a juicy one, I yeah. didn't hear it. I know. What's up with your I, I, I have the bad hearing, not you. Well, you have one ear open. I know, because my bad hearing. <laughs> 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 no, because of these headphones, it's like I'm underwater. If I put both of them over my ears, so I got to take one out. Yeah. That's how the kids are wearing them these days. Get an email tomorrow. be like, doors closed from now on yeah. all the time. Please not. It's so hot in here. We, we close those doors. You know how I sweat, Brent. We got to keep those doors open. Please. Hey, uh, quick uh, thought on college football. Two of them, really. Florida Gators picked to win the SEC East? I say settle down. Settle down. You got to beat the champs. <laughs> to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? There, this could certainly happen this year. But I still think... I've got to see it to believe the gap is closed to the point where Florida is going to beat them. Yeah. They have been outscored. Shoot, I just did this number the other day. I want to say it's 101 to 42 in the last three years. Mm. They have not scored over 17 points in a game, the, the Gators, against Georgia. And Georgia's got some issues now. I don't know what's going on with the quarterback well, stuff. And they that, got other that's a big issue, off. Brent. Yeah, that's they, a huge issue. It is. Now, but they, they have a great also, defense still. but They have shown that they have player after player after player. And and this guy, meaning Kirby Smart, has also shown me we might not know exactly what they have in quarterback, but they have quarterbacks from yeah. Jacob Eason to Justin Fields to Jake Fromm. And they've won a lot of games with those guys. And Dan Mullen's done a great job to put him in this position. I'm not trying to take away from Florida. But I'm also not ready to crown Florida. I mean, you got to go earn it, and and they are probably equipped to be as good as they've, you know, they've been yet under Mullen. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Florida fan right now is saying, "Hey, well, listen, we finished top ten in the country two years in a row." Yeah. And you're right. Just why don't I get the sense they're still? Are they that? Are they ready to take that next step? You know, I just don't. I don't feel like they're. St- Stacked with the kind of talent the Alabamas, the LSUs, even the Georgias, the Oklahomas, the Ohio States have had. And I might be wrong. I mean, listen, we don't know this football team very well. Dan Mullen's been very quiet (laughs) about they just released their roster earlier this week in terms of depth chart and who's playing all this stuff. So he's earned a, a chance to be there and right there. I just don't know if I was picking 
that I'd be willing to get that far. I mean, it's not a bad pick from a, an odd standpoint. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if hey, listen, I'm going to say who's going to win the East. I've got Georgia winning the East until they show me they can't win the East. That's the way it's been the last few years. Well, see, and I think... You know, in sports media, we get so wrapped up with narratives sometimes, right? Like right now, the narrative is that there's a quarterback problem in Georgia, or at least we're led to believe that, right? But from the past, regardless of what has happened, who's transferred, like Georgia always seems to find a way to have good quarterback play. And then you want to throw in, whoa, this new quarterback and this COVID-19 stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get that. But I think that if you look at the NFL right now or college football, one thing that remains the same, that, that remains the constant, if you will, is the fact that good teams are still good, okay? Like, good teams aren't declining. Whether it's the Kansas City Chiefs, whether it's the Ravens, whether it's Alabama last week putting up. How many against Citadel? They put up some big numbers. Clemson, Clemson, I'm sorry. Um, Clemson. Like, regardless of how many, you know, how many losses, how many this, it's the good teams are going to be good. Just recycles itself. Exactly, it recycles itself. Thank you. And with Georgia, they've found a great way to recycle themselves. Might have one of the best defenses they've ever had on that team. So if you have a great defense and you have decent quarterback play, you're going to be a team. Simple as that. And you have to ask the question from the Florida perspective, how confident are you now in Kyle Trask? I mean, is he the guy that can lead the Florida Gators, beat the Georgia Bulldogs, and everybody else? Yeah, and I think that is, there is a confidence about Trask. I yeah. mean, he's shown a lot, but can, and he, can he take that next step? And I think they're going to be good. I do. Uh, I think uh, they're. I don't think their floor is very low. Mm. Right? I, I think they're a seven-win team at worst, even given the schedule. They're probably an eight-win team at worst. Mm. The thing is, can they get to ten and can they make noise? You know, like that. Mm. Uh, now they might only need to win nine and beat Georgia. You know, so again, it it most likely is going to come down to this game here on November seventh. And it's okay to pick them and kind of think, okay, they can ha- it can happen. I'm just a little surprised that the preseason polls have them winning. There was enough people to say, yeah, we believe it. Mm-hmm. This this they're going to beat them. Is there enough there on paper for Florida to say that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I feel the same way, um, or maybe I'm just being a little bit of a Gator hater right now. I don't. <laughs> I mean, maybe I am. I, I just don't. Uh, I just don't know if I'd be willing to go that far uh, right now for the Florida Gators. Hey, one other thing about college football. How much of a concern is the COVID stuff? Because the COVID stuff is popping up. Notre Dame canceled. USF game now canceled against FAU. Uh, I think there might have been a couple of other cancellations. How's the, the Big S- Ten feeling right now? <laughs> the Big Ten's about to fi- – well, they're not – they've still got a bit. Yeah, but the but- SEC is about to fire up. Mm-hmm. The Big Ten has said we're coming back. I think there's some other conferences voting like Friday whether they're going to come back. Obviously, uh, the Pac-12 is still kind of out there laying in the weeds. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks when you got Notre Dame canceling and you have some more. They, this is not – There were last weekend there were like two or three cancellations, maybe even more. This week there's going to be another two or three cancellations, maybe even more. Kind of walking on eggshells in college football, I would say. We're walking on eggshells right now. And let's be honest. The NFL have had how many COVID cases? Like almost zero, right? Zero. I mean, it's a different animal. It's a different animal, right? You know why it's a different animal? Because you have professionals who make a lot of money who understand what's at risk, okay? In college football, you still have students. And what do students like to do? They like to socialize. They like to go out to parties and do all that kind of stuff. So with that being said, I mean, like, listen, if school is going to be in session and if kids are on campus – the parties aren't going to go anywhere, okay? You're not just going to say, all right, guys, no more parties. Just go to class every single day. Go home and watch Netflix. doesn't work like that, right? So students are still going to socialize together. And if you have that, well, some football players probably are going to follow suit here. And you're going to have these outbreaks um, and more pandemics and things like that. So 
listen, I mean, I don't know where we go from here, Brent. You know, like, I don't like games getting canceled. That's not a good look. Do you make those games up? You just can't. Like, what do you do with those games now? You know, like, we, it's not like baseball where you have, like, this, you know, the, the brilliance of a long season where it's like, all right, we can do double header here, double header here, double header here, and hopefully we'll make everything up. Football doesn't work like that. So, like, teams have to be held accountable here. And I don't want to say, like, they should penalize the team and say, all right, that's a loss for you guys. You can't play. I mean, I don't know if that's fair, but something has to be done because, once again, kids are still going to go out and do what they do. Simple as that. Yeah, it'll be. It's just something to watch. It's it's my antenna's up on it a little bit because we're just seeing it more and more. Mm-hmm. Now there are more games to pick from in college as well, and the dollars aren't there. That that kind of uh, you know protected bubble of the NFL, which even though it's not a bubble, it kind of feels like there's so many protocols that they've put themselves in the bubble mm-hmm. to stay healthy, and the rapid testing and the constant testing and and the ability to do it. Uh, and also less teams to worry about, quite frankly, and less players. 32 teams, 53 players, now more with the practice squad. So they've got this down, and it's been working, and it's been working pretty effectively. Uh, and what happens when the NFL has it? Like, yeah. don't you think it's coming soon? Somebody's going to have a little bit of an outbreak. Like, they can't get through this whole season without it, I wouldn't think. I don't think so. I mean, someone's going to come down with it. The, the matter comes, can you contain it, right? Can you just, maybe it's like two or three players, not a whole team. Time will tell, but I just think the fact that you have a bunch of professionals that are getting paid money and they, they know how to go about their business is different than college kids. Absolutely. Uh, okay, a couple other quick thoughts. Lake uh, Celtics tonight, Lakers last night, yeah. Nuggets back in the series, which yeah. means they're going to get behind 3-1, but this time they won't come back. See, I mean, you keep making these accusations and you keep, you're keep you keeping being wrong here. So you said last night that the Celtics were going to, or the Lakers were going to win. Yeah, I thought N- so. Nuggets won. It's all right. I'm not worried. I mean, how many houses you lost, man? Yeah, I'm not worried. Okay, uh, you're not worried about what? Anything? Like the, I'm not worried about the Lakers. Okay, what about the, the Celtics and the, and the Raptors? No, this is a good one. Celtics okay. and Heat is a good one. Uh, I uh, think the, yeah. I, I'm not as confident in the Celtics. Okay, uh, but it would be nice to get the series two two. One thing I will say is the Heat in every game this uh, series have started off within the first four minutes down by like seven or eight points. They never start out with a lead. Yeah, it's huh. been uh, hard for the Celtics to close. I mean, they could easily, you don't like me to say easily, but they really could be up 3-0. I mean, they didn't close out those first two games. Yeah, Remember, they had the big block yep. in the dunk, mm-hmm. and then uh, first game they had a big lead, like midway through the fourth quarter, yeah. I think, and surrendered that. So, I mean, this this could easily be a different Same thing with Denver, too. Remember, Anthony Davis, the game winner. True. Denver should be up 2-1 right It could now. be 2-1. I yeah. just think game three might have been a little different if they were 1-1. But eh, you might be right. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't know how it plays out. Uh, it would be nice to see the Celtics and Heat. It's a good series. Yeah. It's been a good series through three games. It would be really nice to see this one go seven. Uh, so that's what I'm rooting for. I, don't, I still don't think the Nuggets will push to a seven game uh, on the other side. Well, who do you got tonight, man? Uh, I'll take the Celtics. Take the Celtics, yeah. I'll yeah. take the Celtics. Hey, well, we're on the same boat for once. I'm All taking right. the Celtics, too. I think, listen, keep in mind what happened with the Celtics, right? They lose game two. They have an epic meltdown in the locker room, or so we heard. Fighting, shouting, all this stuff. They have a team meeting. And since that, they look pretty good. Sometimes you need a little chaos. Sometimes you need a little drama to boost that team to a new stratosphere of talent. Do you like the teal uniforms? Teal on teal. Think about it. Yeah. Play with your I color s- combinations. I know. See, I, I'm more of a black pants, teal jersey kind of guy. Or black trousers, as a, as the Ryan O'Hallen would say, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's I'm up, Ryan? I'm excited about the teal on. Oh, let's stop the car.
<laughs> not excited about it. I don't Brent's care got a man crush on the teal jersey. No, yeah. I, I'm, I think the uniform stuff is the most overrated stuff there is. But <laughs> I, I am kind of looking forward. Like I feel like that's a good Thursday night look. Yeah. I'm I'm intrigued by it. I like it. I'm looking forward to it. Better than than the mustard. Well, listen, for a team that tried the mustard uniforms, this thing is a no-brainer. Yeah, without a doubt. Hey, to be honest, Teal is who they are, right? I mean, Teal is the primary color. It's amazing. So, First time in the, in the team's history. I can't wait to see Let's it. Do a little poll tomorrow. We'll see if they like it. Yeah. See if the folks like it out there. Are we going to wear Teal tomorrow, or what's the plan? Um, we're, we're in Teal tonight on Jaguars All, All Access. Right. I know cool. that. That's Check coming up at Fox 30 at 7 o'clock. If you want to wear Teal tomorrow, we do it. All right. Just make sure it's actually teal, because that shirt I, I made on the uh, social media, I tweeted out yesterday, was, was not teal. Is, I was wondering, is that what you got a little I guess. A little pushback for? They're like, it's not teal and it's not his mustache. I was like, okay, well, I did it in five seconds. Oh, you needed so. the beard mustache? Yeah. 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 Hey, you got to be careful now, Jags. Twitter will come after you. Yeah, man. They don't, those guys don't mess around. Don't go yeah, against I know. them. I, I was told by a few Jags fans they're disappointed. Yeah, it's fun to go Ooh, against them. Hurts. Just be ready for it. Get out that pail. Uh, we'll see you again tomorrow on ESPN 690. Game day tomorrow on Fox 30. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.